0: Bible study from Ephesians. Uh, we're going to wrap up chapter 1 today. And we're going to prepare for the very important chapter 2 which is really so essential to understanding God's unfolding plan of salvation and what he is doing in this dispensation and in the church, the body of Christ, the age of grace today. So let's have a word of prayer. Father, as we open your word, bless to our bodies. May we walk by it. May we serve you. May we love you this day in Christ's name. Amen. So our passage today, the last two verses of chapter one. Oh, by the way, I apologize for the uh, low-tech presentation here. I'm obviously doing this from my home, and um, but as I look on, uh, watch on television today, YouTube, and so on, all sorts of really famous people are doing presentations, newscasts, whatever, concerts from their home. So. I know that it's just a little different but uh, thank you anyway for uh, putting up with this okay so verse 22 and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way now this clearly connects where we this is the end of the prayer it appears that many people think that the prayer ends here now at the end of this chapter and it began in verse 15 um, but it, of course it connects with verse 21, far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and every title that can be given in this age and the age to come. I mentioned in our last uh, study that the word "above" would be sufficient. You don't have to have far, but in the, it, it does, in the Greek, it does make sense too. this. says far above. It's way above everything else. It's above. Christ is above everything. And then it says here, God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything. So the first word I want us to look at today is this word head. Um, now in the, in the New Testament and the Old Testament, the, the word that's used here for head. Now when I say the Old Testament as well, just let me, just let me make a thought here. I'm going to refer every so often to the words that were used in Ephesians written in Greek to the Old Testament. And that's because when, when the word is used in the, the greek language the, the working bible of the apostles was the greek old testament translation that's what they paul quotes from many oftentimes he quotes from the septuagint the greek translation of the Hebrew. so those greek words that he uses that are also translation of hebrew words help us to understand those, that connection so this word that's used for head used here and then also in the translation for the old testament can be the physical body, you know, my head, your head, that's 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 our physical head. That's obviously what's used to this to, for this translation. Also, though, the word head can have the idea of source, the head of a river. We've been to the uh, head of the rivers, the Jordan River in Israel. We visited up near Dan and so forth. Um, the, the, we use it that way. The head, headwaters, right, of a river, the source of the river. And then also it can be used for the idea of preeminence or prominence, authority, and so all these all these words are here in this picture. But I think the last one is really what's most important here, that in regards to head over everything that Christ has preeminence, prominence, authority over everything. Now you notice it says here he is he has appointed him to be head over everything. For the church. So before we talk about the connection of the head and the body, there's this thought here that he is, he's been pointed to this for the church. Now you're gonna if you read different translations, I would encourage you on this passage especially to look up and read three or four different translations if you can. You can go to UVersion on your uh, on the internet, uh, any of the Bible softwares that you can connect, and you'll see gives you the option. You'll see this, this, this verse comes out different ways, different translations, because there's some kind of challenging thoughts here in the original language to really put in the correct nuance and, and order here. And so I encourage you to do that. Uh, the, the New Living Translation on the same passage. Um, It says, And God put has put all things under the authority of Christ, and he gave him this authority for the benefit of the church, and the church is his body. It is filled by Christ who fills everything, everywhere with his presence. So we have a little different nuance of it, and so I'd encourage that. But the idea of the the headship of Christ over everything. Now the second word we have here, you'll see, of course, not the, the, the one I want to talk about this morning on this topic, He has has appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Now, obviously, the word church has become very common to speak of the Christian church. And in the New Testament, depending on the context, obviously, it's a key phrase and and a key description of who we are. What does the word mean? The word in the Greek is ekklesia. Our actual word from church comes more from the Latin translation. But ekklesia really means called out. Now, think about what we talked about earlier in chapter one, that, that God has called us, right? We talked about that. And so it's really made up of, of two words, to be called out from, or to be called out. And in the Bible, and again, this word ecclesia, it translates in the Septuagint, the Old Testament Greek translation, it translates the word for basically the congregation or assembly oftentimes, and the same thing in the New Testament. So you really have to go by the context. For example, in Acts, we'll find a, a riotous mob referred to as an ecclesia. We'll, we'll, we'll find in the book of Acts a, a government body referred to as ecclesia. Uh, we'll see that it, in the, it's used of ecclesia, the, the church in the wilderness, the, the congregation, the, the called out body. So the, technically it means a called out assembly. In the Greek language, it was used for political bodies and the other body, that was called out. Just like in the Old Testament, Israel was God's called out chosen people, right? He called them out. He called Abraham, get you to a new land and we'll make of you a great nation. He was a called out assembly, uh, beginning with Father Abraham and eventually with the patriarchs. And so we have this idea of a called out assembly. Obviously, in our conversations and in the New Testament and in our history, uh, that becomes connected with this idea of the Christian assembly, the, the church, but the, the context will help us understand specifically when that is, of course, the idea. The church. And this church can be a local church, it can be a house church in the New Testament, there were plenty of those, of course, I don't know how many of them started. It could be meeting in a, a building, a hall, a hall, I mean, it could be any place that congregates, and it can be the universal church, in some of the Christian creeds that we as Protestants also affirm. It talks about the the Catholic Church. Well, the word Catholic means universal. That's what the word means. So there's the, the Catholic, the universal church, the body of Christ. The Roman Catholic Church is one branch of that uh, Christian faith. Okay. So the word universal, Catholic, the Christian assembly. And so Paul says here that Christ has been appointed head over everything for... The church. Now, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? For the church. He, he exists as head over everything, but there also is a special connection with the church. And of course, we come to that then when we come to our next word, and that is the word body. The word body. And again, it's the common word that's, that's used here for body is just like the physical body. It's used many times in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, the same Greek word, to be used for the, the physical body. I mean that's what the word is. It's like we use it, but like all words, we talk about. We use it in a depending on the context. We can talk about the body of believers. We know we're talking about a group. We talk about a, a group of people as a body. It's the idea of this, this this completeness, this this entity. And so we use that word in different ways. We have to allow those flexibilities, of course, in the Bible. The context, the context obviously is what helps us understand. So often the flexibility of these words. In this particular case, we're talking about a spiritual entity, a spirit, and I want to use the word spiritual reality. When he says over everything for the church which is his body, that is a reality. It's not just a metaphor, it's a spiritual reality, but it's still a reality. You know, the apostle Paul talks about our future that we are going to have spiritual Bodies. Well, that's a reality. We can't. Our mind can't fully comprehend that because if you think about it, the word spiritual implies non-matter or non-material. Body implies material. How can you have a spiritual body? Well, we take by faith that we are going to. It's a reality. It's an entity. It's, it's it's it exists. In this case, the church is the spiritual reality, the body of Christ. It, it's not just a metaphor. It's a spiritual reality. Now, when you get into Corinthians and he talks about the body and the working parts together. The eye cannot say to the ear, I don't need you. The hand cannot say to the foot. "You're talking." It is a little bit more of a metaphorical usage there, but it's still this idea of the body. So Paul says here, Christ has been appointed to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. And hence, we are going to refer to the church as a very important phrase, the church is, the body of christ so that by context we understand the church we're talking about the church today is the body of christ the universal body of christ the local church the local community is kind of a a smaller portion and an entity as well but there's the universal we have a oneness with believers all over this world uh transcends all ethnicities and races uh, you know, Paul says in Galatians in Christ there's neither male or female, bond nor free, Jew or Gentile. Um, this is the universal body of Christ that we share together when we talk about the essentials of the Christian faith that we hold to. But I want you to notice that it's the relationship that's important here. It's not just the position. When we talk about a corporate head, for example, that person might be the head of a corporation, and it's a position, and there's a relationship But in this particular case, the focus really is, as well as the headship, the relationship, we can talk about the unity of the body of Christ. This is so important for this passage to really think about this, that Christ and his church are one. You cannot separate the head from the body and have a oneness. You don't think of me as just the head or just the body, and likewise with you. It's a corporate headship, but it's a relationship, and it's so deep, and it's such a reality that we are the body of Christ. Think of that, the body of Christ. So we have this unity and this relationship with the one who fills all things for the church. It's an amazing thought. There's a lot to just dwell on here and contemplate. This passage is a little difficult to translate, and that's why you're gonna see different translations of it, uh, because it's a little challenging that way. Um, but but here's what it says there. And then finally, the other key word here I want us to talk about is this word fullness. I mean, it's, you find the variety of it here twice in verse 23. Which is his body, and depending how you punctuate this. And of course, that's the challenge in translations, is to add the punctuation to help try to make the best sense of it. But let's read it again. And God placed all things under his feet, appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way again you got this multiplicity of terms fullness of him who fills everything I mean really an emphasis here on this idea that the word is is a word is a uh, pleroma christ Christ fills everything his deity you know, in the Old testament it talks about when God filled the 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 the, the, tam- the presence of God filled the 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 holy place in the tabernacle talks about his presence, and Christ is the fullness of the church, the unity that we have with Christ in the fullness of the church. And then we have that the church is God's dwelling place, just like in the Old Testament, God's dwelling place with Israel. And so this idea that that God is, that that the church has been filled with Christ, and we are are oneness with Christ. And someone suggested the fullness of Christ with the body. It, It works both ways, that Christ is the head. We are the body. We are one. And this spiritual reality is is something that is a a reality. And so we're going to talk talk about the church, which is his body, the body of Christ. That's who we are today. And so when we go into chapter 2 and we talk about what makes up this body, and especially in the light of the biblical world of of Jew and Gentile, it's essential for us to see this here. Christ is is the head over all authority over everything. Christ uh, fills everything, and Christ is the head of the church, which is his called out people, his body, and the two together, not just position, but relationship. The two, the two are one. We are one with Christ. That is a really deep thought, and one that I think it was good for us to, to spend some time and to, and to think about. Uh, we are one with Christ. So, as we get ready for chapter two, I want to really encourage you that you would spend, just take a few minutes again, and in one setting, read chapter 1 and chapter 2 together. It should take you about seven minutes, maybe, before we go into chapter 2, so we can kind of keep this picture in mind of where this is moving toward. When you're going to see this in chapter 2, this really important application of this to, to, to what God is doing in the world today. Apologize for the, the, the kind of my, I can see the changing light here. This is like about my fourth take today because of the lighting on this. So this one's going to have to work. We're going to make it, you're going to take it as it is. And uh, but I want you to focus is not on me. The focus is on God's word. And I appreciate you spending time I really do. I know this is a, we're in a living in challenging times right now. And I hope this taking a few minutes and spending in God's word together. We're going kind of deep into things, but we also are going to see the application of this as we continue to move through this. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. We're going to start chapter two tomorrow. Take a minute, read chapter one and two together as we prepare for that. God bless you. Thank you.